Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I'm going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome back for another episode of the Copper Newer Path podcast. Today we have part two, my continuation of my interview and conversation with the legendary Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. Now, if you missed part one of that episode, first of all, I would encourage you to go back and check it out. It's the last episode, episode 57 of the Copper Newer Path podcast. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Grossman and I talked about all sorts of things from how to take care of yourself and the importance of uh, of your your taking care of your, your mental health and getting good sleep um, and lots of other things as we talk about transitioning out of law enforcement and starting our own businesses. And uh, something that I'm really excited about in this part two episode is giving Lieutenant Colonel Grossman the opportunity to talk a bit more about his own path and lessons learned in being an entrepreneur, um, which are some pretty cool things that, you know, he doesn't usually talk about, uh, other than on this podcast. And so, um, he shares some really awesome tips with you guys and, uh, looking forward to you guys hearing it. So let's go ahead and dive into my part two interview with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Gross. The other thing that I recommend to everybody is somewhere down the line, fairly early on, you need, you know, when the army we call the little old lady in tennis shoes, that there needs to be somebody answering the phone. They think of you in a totally different light. And, and think of finding somebody who's going to amplify your skills, somebody who's going to multiply your contribution. And, and their, their job is everything from getting your dry cleaners to, uh, to helping to proof your manuscript. And, uh, and, and, and having that helper brings you up to a totally new level that you wouldn't otherwise have been aware of. What, what I tried early on was to have two people. Now, I've got a dozen books out there that by itself gets you occupied. And then I've got all my speaking engagements and all the other things that I do. I've written, you know, over 40 forwards to books and, you know, daily email load. And so I, I've got to kind of split up. One does all my accounting and they're cross-trained. If I lose one, they can cover until somebody fills in the gap. If you only got one person and you lose them, you're kind of in a bind. If you got two people yeah. cross-trained, then you can sustain yourself. Kind of take that for what it's worth. But as your business starts to take off, just recognize that that having somebody there that can answer your mail, who can who can answer the phone, who can answer those emails and schedule those things. And and I, I tell you, as a professional, talk to professionals. Uh, my first helper had been a um, she she a new plant in Tennessee, and she worked her way up to be in the the director's secretary, and then she moved to Arkansas, where we're at, and uh, and she was a secretary for a lawyer who who killed himself. You know, it's kind of you know that there's that death of despair that we got to we don't let that happen to you. But uh, uh, and she was just kind of floundering, and and God put her in my path when I needed her. But what an amazing lady! And she told me early on 
you don't talk about money. That's my job. As a lawyer secretary, as a doctor secretary, docs never talk money. Lawyers never talk money. You know, I, I'm a big fan of Perry Mason. During the pandemic, my wife and I sat and watched all the old Perry Mason shows. What a what an insight to that era. And uh, and and Perry never talked money. Della Street did that, you know. So as an entrepreneur, as a professional, obviously you've got contracts. There's times when you have to talk money. But to whatever degree, it was one of the best pieces of advice she ever gave me. Having worked for years with, as a as a lawyer's you know right hand gal, uh, was to think about how you handle money. It's, and people are embarrassed to talk about money. I am to this day. You know, we started out by uh, by charging kind of a minimal amount, and as the calendar filled up, we charge more and more and more. Uh, yeah. During the pandemic, we've been kind of hammered, and so we're back to a little bit to to saying, okay, you know, we'll do online stuff. We'll do this for for a minimal fee. But uh, uh, just think about having that person to back you up and having that person answer those calls and to, and to talk about those things that, that we shouldn't necessarily have to talk about. And it's something I would have never thought of. The, uh, yeah. the whole dynamic of, uh, of, of, if you can, get that book out there, have articles and journals. And the journals today are just hurting for people. And it really helps your, your, your curriculum vitae, your resume. It helps your credibility. Uh, LinkedIn is really one of my favorite places to work. Facebook is just a big, a big swamp, and we That's have a nice, Facebook yeah. page. We don't pay. We post things periodically. But I, a, a lady, uh, I, I was talking with some person that came on board on LinkedIn, and she said, "Wow, a really impressive set of references, the recommendations on LinkedIn." I go, oh, I do. Oh, I didn't know that. So it was just yesterday. <laughs> I went back and looked at all those references, recommendations on LinkedIn. And I've got category right. after category with over 100 recommendations. And I, and I had like 50 recommendations that I needed to log in or I'd lose them. And I would have never known that. So just, <laughs> you know, I think LinkedIn's a really good platform for it us is, to yeah. business networking and business connections uh, with people uh, during, during this time. Uh, and uh, it's very business oriented and, and the law enforcement network within there is very good. Uh, I, I use it to talk about my books a little bit, some other things. Just just recognize the tools that are out there for us to use. I see you talk a lot about websites. You know, I probably need to rethink my website. I've, I've had one from the beginning, Killology.com. You know, one yeah. of the things the, the defund the police and the Antifa people have said, well, this, guy's, this guy teaches Killology. He's teaching cops how to kill. You know, criminology is not about teaching people to be criminals. Killology right. is not about teaching people to kill. It's about understanding the factors that enable and restrain killing. And uh, but uh, uh, So we got our website, killology.com. It links to our online store, and we sell books. Almost all of my titles are sold there. And again, my, my right-hand gal, my daughter-in-law, mom of two of the best uh, grandkids on the planet, uh, Sonny takes care of that and does my booking and scheduling well. Susan, uh, uh, Kathy, Kathy is a retired police sergeant with an accounting degree. How many of those are there in the world, right? You know, and she, she was she was a good friend at church, you know, and uh, and she said, "I'm going to tell you, I'm going to retire." I said, "Hi, oh, I got an opening in my office. So you, you know anything about accounting? Well, I got a degree, <laughs> you know." So uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty well, cool. There you go. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So, so just just a couple of nuggets. And the other nugget is diversify as much as you can. I had somebody say the other day in my class, I talked about going to a big boxing audience. You know, my, my latest book is on spiritual combat. When talking about the spiritual side of that, that world, you know, and 
And uh, uh, I've got a lot of co-authors with my books, and I love co-authoring. Other than my first book, I'm Killing, everyone's been done with a co-author. We have our, our Sheepdog Kids books, which has really been a blessing. We've touched a lot we, of lives. We have some of those. My kids love those books. books. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and there's some energetic, excited person who wants to co-author a book with you. Go for it. And Early on, I got a literary agent, and I think that's a good way to go still, having a good lit agent who uh, – keeps your publishers honest and, uh, and it's an honest, respected broker. I think in the books, and you know, if you start bubbling along for a while, finding a good literary agent is not a bad way to go. But diversify. I, I, I did a class, you know, a, a big boxing at L.A. They brought me out to do, a you know, an hour on the mental side of the game, on boxing. A lot of them knew my book on combat, on killing. I, I was inducted in the USA Martial Arts Hall of Fame. I got the secret decoder ring, you know, but, I nice. tell people, it's, uh, yeah. you know, I, I always tell them it's because of my books. I use my books a lot. You know, I'm always afraid somebody, oh, Martial Arts Hall of Fame, huh? I bet I can take you. <laughs> no, you know, <laughs> but, uh, diversify. And, 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 yeah. and in the military, we call it recon pull. You know, you send your scouts out on every possible path. And the ones that succeed is what you reinforce. Just explore every avenue. Look at every different thing. Just put a little feeler out this way and a trickler out that way and a small investment this way. And the ones that pay off, just follow and, and diversify. And, you know, yep. the, the pandemic has, has really been hard for speaking, but the books are doing great. Yeah, that's how diversify. And online courses do well, too. Yeah. What is done well? Online courses are doing well, too. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that I've done is is partner with a, with a group. And we got On Combat as a course and On Killing as a course with the GrossmanAcademy.com, www.com. GrossmanAcademy.com. It's under a virtual academy, one of our nation's leading providers of online courses. But that was another great opportunity to network out and put some good stuff out there. So diversify. And, uh, and you know, all my years in the Army, uh, wherever I went, I, you know, I came up through the ranks and then uh, became a young lieutenant. Uh, and, uh, and I hung all my stuff up on the wall. And, and you know, we give some soldier a you know, an army commendation medal, and we act like it's important. I always said, if we don't put it up on the wall, well, what's the message we're given? You know, these things aren't really that important. Every office I was in across all my years in the military, 20 years commissioned, uh, I always had my stuff up on the wall of every office, you know, and, and, and the thought was, you know, we tell them this is important, uh, and, uh, and, and you don't put this stuff up on the wall, then, you know, there's, there's a contradiction in what's going on. Well, one of my favorite yeah. books, it's called Secrets of Mental Marksmanship. And I actually ended up being the publisher for that one. Uh, Secrets of Mental Marksmanship, second edition. And one of the things they talk about in that book is brilliant. You have to be your own best fan. Uh, you know, they, it's a, you know ha have a room filled with your trophies and your good things. And when the world tries to pull you down, you've got to take a minute and look around and Pull yourself back up. You got your coins up on the wall. You know, I got mine up there. All those weapons there were gifts. I've got a thing in on combat about the giving of a gift, how it implies your trust in the receiver and your desire for their well-being and, and your mutual warrior dynamics, you know. And uh, but but you know, put that stuff up on the wall for yourself, if nobody else. Uh, just the world's gonna try to pull you down. And then the other thing, you know, if you got a book out there then the world will start attacking you. They just It's full of people whose only purpose in life is to give negative reviews, you know? So to hell with yeah. them, you know? But, but it, it sucks your energy. So what do you do about that? I get these death threats from Antifa. 
and their goal is to hurt you. The only thing I can I can't control them doing that. No, they the want you to quit. Control is how I respond to it. So when I get some nasty mm-hmm. gram like that, I go have a chocolate covered cherry. I, I save them for special times. I get a box at Christmas. <laughs> you know, well, I I told you what an evil person you are, and you get a chocolate covered cherry. Yeah, yeah. So who wins now, baby? <laughs> <laughs> so who's messed with whose head now? <laughs> yeah, you can't control what these idiots do. You can only control how you respond to it. Now, you know, you might end up getting overweight and choking down chocolate-covered cherries on a steady basis, but, you know, use it appropriately. But what they mean for evil, what they mean to hurt you, uh, turn it to something good. Every time that happens, you know, there's a little treat you give yourself or, or, or and, yeah. and find a way to turn their negative into a positive. The, I'll tell you, once you put your stuff out there, the world just seems to think that they've got the right to be a critic, to attack you and undermine you in every possible way. Uh, and, and whether it's Yelp reviews or whether it's reviews of your podcast, you know, and if they don't like it, well, fine, they'll go somewhere else. Listen to what they got to say. There might yep. be a nugget of actual good information in there. But otherwise, move on and don't let them take your energy. And uh, and what they meant for a negative, you turn into a positive. The only thing you can control is how you choose to respond. And if we give way to bitterness or cynicism or complacency, that's the one thing we can control. And you give the world a victory with your own hand, and we will not give them that victory. So that that kind of covers all of Grossman's two bits on uh, on entrepreneurship. But what other you know questions, thoughts might you have, Adam, that we can run from here? Yeah, and those are all those are all excellent bits. I think it's easy for people, especially in our audience, to not take recognition of the fact that at its core you are an entrepreneur, you know, um, you, you're just such an icon in the military and law enforcement, uh, world in the training world. And I think people can easily make the assumption that those things just kind of happen right yeah. by luck. Yeah. And, and it's not luck. You, you have a, an innate entrepreneurial prowess that has helped lead you to today and where you are. And one of those things, like you mentioned is recognizing that early on, you bring in help to cover the areas where you are most efficient. And so uh, the way that I always like to put that is that we as entrepreneurs, we like to focus on our strengths, right? Because that's what makes us feel good. And uh, and we focus on those strengths and we charge forward with those strengths and we just leave the weaknesses behind rather than addressing them. And, and what I tell folks is that very early on in your entrepreneurial path, you need to decide what to be bad at. Right. Mm. So it's not just about deciding what to be good at, but you need to actually take the time to say, okay, these are the things that I'm going to suck at. And because I'm going to suck at those things, I'm going to find somebody else that can cover that deficiency rather than just ignoring it and letting it become a ticking time bomb that's going to affect me in my business down the road. Let's find something to cover that deficiency so I can focus on the path to success going forward and that's the things that I'm good at. Yeah, well, oh, you obviously yeah, understand that too. So. <laughs> I would never have framed it that way. That's really great. Well done. So I, I appreciate I appreciate you pointing that out. I guess what I would like to know from you, as somebody who's followed you for a long time and, and obviously looks up to you a great deal, has a lot of respect for you. I've been to I've been to a bunch of your seminars. Um, you you uh, taught at the Rocky Mountain Command College, FBI Lita, when I went through that. And anyway, so you've you've had personally uh, a, a large impact on my own law enforcement career, but also my mindset in life and, and as an entrepreneur and going into the entrepreneurial world. 
So what I would, if I had to ask you just one question, and then I know I have the opportunity to ask you more, but this is the one thing I want to know from you. What is, what is Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman's secret sauce? And what I mean by that is if you had to pick one thing that you could attribute your success to in your business and say, that was it, right? And there were maybe other little things that attributed to your success, but uh, if you took them away and only had this one secret sauce thing, it would still have worked. And so what, what is that? What well, is let me that? answer in two ways. First, okay. and, and really the baseline is uh, my faith. I, I am a sheep down under the authority of the great shepherd. And, uh, and really, if you embrace your faith, if you, it, it leads you down a virtuous path, uh, you know, humility yeah. and, uh, and, and, and self-discipline and structure. Uh, that, that's, yes, that all are factors of faith. You know, the, I was just, I, I wrote my book on spiritual combat, my most recent book, done the best of any of my books I've put out. It was, uh, it, it's really been uh, satisfying. And uh, it, uh, uh, it's been out just a little over a year, and it's already closing on 400 five-star reviews. So out of the starting block, best book I've done, I'm working on the sequel to the book right now. And uh, I, I'm quoting from C.S. Lewis, and he, he talked about there's one thing that everybody recognizes and everybody despises. There's one thing that nobody thinks they have, and only Christians really recognize in themselves, and that is pridefulness. And, 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 and you, you got to seek humility. And, and so, you know, our faith can keep us humble. Our faith can keep us balanced and focused. And, and that, that's one part of the equation. I, I really, you know, it, just, it's, it's, it, it keeps you on a virtuous path. And, and you really want to follow a virtuous path. If you try to take shortcuts, if you try to hurt people, if you try to go up by pulling other people down, it's, it's counterproductive. Uh, you know, the only, yeah. I, uh, I I love to make jokes in my presentation. I used to make a lawyer joke, and a bunch of lawyers got really mad. You know, I I make a French joke. <laughs> mad about that. So now all I do is I do Arkansas jokes. I'm from Arkansas, and and golf jokes. And we hammer the golfers throughout the day, and 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 golfers are good at laughing at themselves. You know, it's like the only thing left out there that we can make fun of. You know, and and, and have fun and and, uh, and get some jokes going on there. But that 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 ability to to um, to stay on a virtuous path and try to uplift everybody, and, and to try to walk the walk and talk the talk, you know, and and treat all of your partners well. I've got so many co-authors, and every one of them are good friends and sustained friends over the years. You do the best you can, uh, and and follow that virtuous, honorable path. When you try to take shortcuts, when you try to benefit from other people's harm, then then it's negative. You know, what we're doing right now is a win-win-win. You know, I win, mm -hmm. you win, and your listeners win. You know, there's no downside to this right now. We're, we're helping people. We're we're having fun. It's it's all a positive. And and, and seek that win-win. You know, that you win and they win. The only people that, that lose are criminals. You know, the only people that are going to lose yeah. are, are, are people that belong in jail right now. And it's good. They deserve to lose. They deserve what they get. So many things in business are about choosing the right strategy or tool to execute a specific outcome. Something that we as copperneurs know all about, right? I mean, you wouldn't grab a shotgun and load up some birdshot when the target is 100 plus yards out. But I'm afraid to say that I rarely see my fellow copperneurs apply that same tactical and measured thought process to their business. I have to admit, I've been guilty of this too. 
Instead, we often treat our business like we're in a fist fight, swinging wildly, trying everything until something works and attempting to create some distance to give ourselves a chance to strategize. In the same way, most copperneurs will cobble together a logo, a website, and other marketing materials with very little understanding of their most beneficial use or impact. So what do you do? You train, right? Teach yourself the right tactics and add the right tools to your belt. Then choose the right tool for the right job and execute the corresponding tactics. If that sounds like something you need, then I'd like to encourage you to join the private LEO to CEO community by going to leo2ceo.com. Everything you need to grow your post law enforcement business. So the other answer is that from the very beginning, I really tried to look at things that nobody else would look at. Uh, you know, what, what is the taboo topic? And it really began 1974, Private Grossman, Sergeant Grossman, 82nd Airborne Division for four years. And we have Vietnam vets all around us. And we were a unit that was going to deploy to combat anytime. 82nd Airborne, constantly on standby, punch out anywhere in the world, you know, darken your skies with 10,000 paratroopers. And, and, uh, and, and we had Vietnam vets, and we wanted to know what combat was going to be like. I was a real reader. I grew up reading all my life. When I Before I joined the Army, I read everything I could on what it's going to be like. And there was nothing, nothing. There was of any value. My dad, one of them was like this, this guy who'd been drafted and how to, how to manipulate the Army during the draft. And, and what a loser you know, if I'd have internalized that. <laughs> so this, this, I thought the taboo of combat was about killing. And so my, my first book was, you know, was, was about killing. And then I realized that, you know, the real secret of combat are things like auditory exclusion, slow motion time, tunnel vision, PTSD, aftermath responses. You know? and, and, and what are these video games doing to our kids? And, and, and yeah. you know, assassination generation. And, and, and so trying to answer, look at things that nobody else will look at. Just, just find a question that nobody else wants to talk about. And I'll give you a couple of examples now. And these are just fun. Now, but one of them that we're really seeing is why do we have to mow the lawn? Well, you know, when we talk about uh, global warming, we talk about ecology, you know, it really starts at your front door. Why can't I have a meadow in my front yard in, in, instead of cutting the grass? How much pollution is created by how much noise pollution, how much energy is taken up cutting the grass? And why do we, and the most harm that's done is hammering with all those chemicals. So there's only one species that we suffered to exist in, and we cut them all down and we have to dominate <laughs> we have to dominate nature out the front door. Why can't I have a meadow in my front yard? Well, there's really a fair amount of work on that. A hundred years from now, HOA will let you. That? Do that? <laughs> I was at West Point and uh, and they had this big diorama of all the interlocking forts, you know, and I said, Well, you, you took all the trees down so that we could see no, no, there were no trees. What? No, there, there were no trees. They cut every single tree down. That was civilization. This is firewood. This is material for your for your home. That, that you and and trees are where where the bears live. Trees are where the Indians live. This civilization is cutting down every single tree. And we let one tree in the middle of a of a meadow to, as shade. And and I suffer this one tree to live so I can show my dominion over nature. And one tree at a crossroads, you know, to show my dominion over nature, I suffered this one tree to live. 
And then we had Arbor Day in the late 1800s. It's, well, well, wait a minute. We, we need trees. You know, they, we don't have to cut down every tree. Let's start planting some trees. And that was the late 1800s. That was just a century and a half ago. But we said, wait a minute. We don't have to cut down every tree. So 100 years from now, they're going to say, why did they have to mow their lawns like that? Why did they have to do that? What sense did it make? And I'm in the process. My, my current city, if I try to grow a meadow, would, would give me a ticket. You know, so... But I've got, I'm <laughs> yeah. transferring my lawn into an all-clover lawn. I'm planting clover and digging up this stuff and planting clover, and it's all clover, and I love it. But but it, it, things that nobody looks at. So here's Grossman's. Mm-hmm. I get I know, the, the whole why do we mow the lawn thing. When I started looking for it, other people asked the same question. I, I got one for you, and this is kind of crazy, but it, it's just about looking where other people don't look, the necktie. The necktie has stayed in fashion for over 100 years. Fashions come and go. The necktie is always there. And, and it's crazy. W- women wear anything men wear, but women almost never wear a necktie unless it, they're like a demeaning. It's like a waitress. Sometimes it's very demeaning and humiliating. Well, the thing to realize is at an unconscious level, the necktie is very powerful because it's a dick. It starts down here, it comes up here, it's got a big knob on top. <laughs> it's a dick. And, and, and I tell my detectives, you know, you walk up to the front door, you and your partner wearing your red power tie. And you knock on the door, and he has got his tie on. The little monkey brain goes, ooh, 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 and it works. It works. <laughs> I, I tell people, you know, don't, don't try to push cops because they push back. You know, the chief stands right. up in a, in a tie and a suit while they're wearing uniforms. It's like, you know, you put, you're waving your dick out there. We're not playing that game. You know what I mean? But, but you know, we, the bow tie, the bow tie, Jimmy Olsen, bow tie means I'm not playing the game. Kind of the feminine, kind of not playing the game thing, you know. And then cowboys. I was at the White House. And, uh, and I wear my little string tie. You know, my little string tie. Because cowboys say, we're not playing the game. I got my dick compensated right here, baby, you know. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and 100 years from now, they're going to say, they're all wearing dicks. Couldn't they see it? Couldn't they see it? No. So, you 100 know, years from now, they'll still be wearing them too. <laughs> I, I'm the first person to say, the emperor has no clothes. And dude, why are we all wearing dicks, you know? And in the meanwhile, you know, when, when we, what, what do we do? We go out and dinner, you know, we put our tuxedo on and nobody wears a tie. If, if you wear a tie, everybody has tuxedos on. It's like, ooh, bad juju. Yeah. And we wear our tie yeah. and we get all suave and deboner, you know, like, and we, we, we go to, we go out to, to dinner wearing our tuxedos and, and, and everything changes then because we're not playing the, the whole masculine game. We're kind of throttling back and everybody's cruising and, and and just 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 look at things that nobody else is looking at. Talk about things yeah. nobody else is talking about. Explore those things. Look at the world with new eyes. And that that's been my kind of secret sauce. It's just I look at it. the questions nobody else wants to answer. Look at the things that are hidden. Like, I want to talk about that. I got a book coming out yeah. in just about a year called On Hunting. It will be the definitive book on hunting. And and there's several things. Sign that me I up, Jack. To- yeah, there are a couple of things I wanted to put in the book. Number one, uh, and, and we posted questions on hunting, you know, online community boards. Uh, and, and, you know, your husband and wife, you go hunting. Do you have great sex after a kill? Boom. We broke the internet. Oh, yeah, me and my husband. Oh, yeah, me and my wife. You know, oh, yeah, we have this happening. And, and, <laughs> you know, and it's biological. It's sympathetic nerve system, parasympathetic backlash, fight or flight, feed and breed. It's, uh, you know, the four Fs, fight or flight, feed and breed. And it's, uh, it's all about biological dynamics. And, you know, and, and we talk in the book 
about if this if if the history of man was twenty four hours, we've been hunting right up until nothing but hunter gatherers right up until the last fifteen minutes. Hunting is who we are. Hunting is what we do. And when we come home with that big bunch of protein on our shoulder and the family embraces us and you get your reward tonight, it's cultural, it's biological, but it's something nobody else would ever look at. And it's going to make this book unique. And I read a little thing in in a magazine one time about knockdown power. And the bottom line is you're a hunter, knockdown power. Yeah, here's the deal. If the heart is beating out when the bullet hits it, it will create an overshock and they'll die that fast. If the heart is beating in, I don't care what you hit them with. If the heart is beating in when the bullet hits it, you're not going to create that overshock and they're going to run. And, uh, and I read an article about that and all the background, all the research. I said, that needs to get preserved. And in the back of my mind, across all these years, I said, I want to write a book about, I want to write the definitive book on honey. I want to talk about things in hunting that nobody else will talk about. And I saved those things up, and I found an awesome co-author. And, and we put the book out, and we got a publisher, and it'll be out in a year. But there's things out there that nobody else talks about. There's things out there nobody else knows. Just just yeah. hoard those things and put those things in your training. Put those things in your presentation. And, 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 and that's some of the secret sauce. You know, how many people will talk about, you know, at, at deer camp, when their, their husband and wife are together, one of them gets a kill, they get really remarkable sex that night. People are going to talk about that. But you get a little mm-hmm. indicator of it, then you ask some questions, and boom, you're inundated. You're flooded with examples and case studies, and suddenly you've made this amazing discovery, this amazing insight. All you did was just look at something nobody else wanted to look at. You know, So that's the yeah. other part of the secret sauce, really. It's, it's just answering questions, asking questions nobody else wants to ask. And that's really your specialty. There's nobody else out there doing the cop-entrepreneur transition. What a beautiful thing, the sheepdog transition. What a what a glorious thing to, to be part of. That that's that's what makes yeah. you unique. Nobody else is doing that. Find something if you can to the best of your ability, nobody else, or at least nobody else in your state is doing it. Nobody else in your city is doing it. Well, what is there that you can do that nobody else is doing? And, and then reach out and do it. And again, just put all those little feelers out. And this one succeeds, do more of it. This one doesn't work, let it go. Just put a recon pull. Send your recon scouts out at every possible path. And the ones that succeed are the ones you reinforce. And you've you've carved a path for yourself that nobody else is doing. What, a, what an honor to be on board with you and be part of what you're doing. Find that road. No, no, no. It, it's an honor to have you on board and here, here on the show. I appreciate yeah. it. That And that's phenomenal advice. Uh, the, really good stuff there, Dave. Thanks for letting me pick your brain. And, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll end with this, actually. Since you talked about C.S. Lewis, uh, uh-huh. the the, imme- the immediate thought I had when when you mentioned C.S. Lewis is, uh, are you aware that he has his own sheep analogy that I feel like is actually really applicable to our current time? So uh, C.S. Lewis had written about this concept. It was just I'm I'm very loosely paraphrasing here that uh-huh. uh, when all of the sheep are running off the cliff, the one or two that are walking the other direction look crazy. Right. Uh, the, the idea there being, well, I don't want to get too political and end on that note here, but, uh, just think about it, right. When, when all the sheep are running one direction because they're going bah and doing what they're told, the the ones that are walking the other direction, cause they're like, Hey, there's a cliff there and I'm not going to run off of it. They look pretty crazy. And so 
sometimes I just take pride in looking crazy and that's okay. Oh, wow. And I think you do too. Um, yeah. you know, it's, it's good. So, uh, well, Hey Dave, it's cool. Yeah. Hey, and I'll yep. give you an example on that. we got time for maybe just one little nugget to tie it all together. Sure. Yes, please right. do. But just, you know, I, real quick and dirty, it, when things are coming unglued, the people who push the envelope, the people, you know, the, we, we've all got this, you know, the police academy model of the of the guy who's over the top cop. You know, he's got the big gun and he's got all the training and all the skills. Well, uh, you know, uh, uh, it was uh, West Memphis, uh, Tennessee, two cops killed. And we had a, 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 a game and fish officer who came from umpteen miles away, umpteen miles an hour to be part of the dragnet. He pulls up into Walmart and the two cop killers are leaning out a van, shooting up the sheriff and another cop behind the trunk of their Crown Vic. And uh, this guy, uh, uh, Mike Neal, he calls the local dispatch and says, "We, I found your bad guys. They got two cops pinned down behind a marked vehicle in the Walmart parking lot. And they didn't believe him. They didn't. He didn't have time for this, so he he just floored it, and he hammered their van with his truck. His truck is now in the the National Law Enforcement Museum, and he's got his AR on on the seat beside him, and and he kills them both, shooting through the vehicle. Game over. Oh, oh today he's the sheriff, and, uh, and and shot more bad guys in the flu vaccine. But here's what he said: He said, "I'm the kind of cop other cops make fun of." He said, "They don't make fun of me no more." Think about that. I'm the kind of cop other yeah. cops make fun yeah. of. They don't make fun of me no more. And, and so, you know, push that envelope. Be that kind of cop. Be that kind of entrepreneur. Push those envelopes and uh, and and recognize that when you're successful, they, they don't make fun of you no more. And when things are coming unglued, they're going to come to you. They're going to want you. They're going to want what you have to get. Can't tell how many cops have told me Sir. they know if they need extra ammo, it'll always be in the trunk of my vehicle. You know, be that guy. Push that envelope. Be that one that in the... In the moment or two, they can count on, and and, and that's what you're doing. You, you're carving a path uh, for those cop entrepreneurs, and it's a beautiful thing. And uh, and I pray that God will bless you and your family, your endeavors, and uh, and all those magnificent sheepdogs out there. And God bless America. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Well, it's been awesome having you on the show. This is a phenomenal, phenomenal episode. I'm sure everybody's going to love it. Uh, it's been great chatting with you. I almost don't. I don't want to end our time, Dave, but. It's it's been good. So, do you have anything that you want to share with the audience? Anything you got coming up you want to promote? Can you let everybody know where they can find you and connect with you? Yeah, no, it just all comes down to the books. And you know, with the with the attacks we've received, they're 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 picketing and protesting in my presentations. So we keep the the presentations within law enforcement networks. When you hear about my presentation coming up, check it out. You'd be glad you did. It's got a lot yeah. of new info. It's always updated. Uh, I've got people like you that have seen a lot of classes. I tell them on the 10th one, you get a free shirt. I've given away six shirts so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's all on the honor system. You tell me, hey, Dave, I'm going to see you next week. It'll be my 10th one. I'll have a shirt for you. I'll find out what size. I'll have a shirt for you. And, uh, but, uh, <laughs> and, and it's always new. There's always new info, new research, new data. Check it out when you can. Check out my latest book on spiritual combat. Uh, and it's generally, you know, it's, I'm all about my books. The one just before that, Bulletproof Marriage, a 90 Day Devotional, Five Minutes a Day, Sheepdog and Spouse. Uh, I was presenting at a military organization recently. And one of the first sergeants, you know, first sergeants are still kind of scary people, even even after all these years. You know, the first sergeant comes up and he throws his copy of the book down and says, Sir, I hold you personally responsible for all the arguments my wife and I had over this book. 
He said, now I go to Amazon, <laughs> I, buy them, I buy them five at a time and give them all my marriage troops. So, you know, so, so another one that's amazingly good. It's been out just less than two years. And it's already closing on 600 five-star reviews. So, uh, you know, the, the books really is what it's all about. In the end, that's my tool to, to be able to reach and, and expand the reach. Uh, if you hear about my speaking, it will be within law enforcement circles and, uh, and we'll get the word out and come on, catch the class. And in the meanwhile, every cop out there, just believe in who you are, believe in what you do. These are desperate, violent, out of control times. Uh, and uh, these are the times that try men's souls. Thomas Paine. In 1776, one of our darkest hours, your soul is on trial. Your warrior spirit is being judged. The violence of the Old West is a myth. These are times more violent than we've seen since the Civil War. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will shrink from their responsibilities. But we have this consolation. You ready for the payoff? The more difficult the battle, the more glorious the victory and your great-grandchildren will talk about you the sheepdogs who manned the ramparts of civilization in this dark hour and, and you believe in who you are you believe in what you do and you deserve to retire and you deserve to bounce your grandbabies and great-grandbabies on your knees and you deserve to follow that entrepreneurial path after you've retired and get stinking filthy american dream rich there ain't nothing wrong with that god bless you as you go about that and adam will help you down that path Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show, Dave. It's It's been an honor to have you here. Iron sharpens iron, brother. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leotoceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback, and it will also help other copreneurs like yourself find the show. Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast, and search this episode number, and you'll find all the links, descriptions, and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode.